Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA. A man in Topeka, Kansas decided to write a book about churches all across the country. He started flying from the Northeast and working around the United States. First, he went to a very large church in New York and began taking pictures when he spotted a golden telephone on the wall with a large sign that read, $10,000 a minute. Seeking out the pastor, he asked about the phone and the sign. The pastor answered that it's a golden telephone, and in fact, a direct connection to heaven. And if you can pay the $10,000, you can talk to God. Lacking $10,000, he thanked the pastor and continued on his way. He visited churches in Chicago, Milwaukee, Denver, and Seattle, and in every church he found more phones of the same sign, and the same answer from each pastor. Finally, he arrived in the Southwest. And upon entering a local church, lo and behold, there was the same golden telephone. But this time the sign read, Calls, 25 cents. Amazed, he asked the pastor, Why? Reverend, I've been in cities all across the United States, and in each church I found a similar golden telephone. And I've been told that it is a direct line to heaven, and I could talk to God. But in the other churches, the cost was $10,000 a minute. Your sign reads 25 cents a call. Why? The pastor, understanding his confusion, replied while putting his arm around his shoulders, saying, Son, you're in beautiful downtown Roundtown now. It's a local call. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. <laughs> We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, thanking Him for His sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray and ask that the Holy Spirit come and be with us today so that we can speak from your heart and from your mind. And we ask a spirit of revelation be upon us and upon those that are listening so we can all receive of your graciousness and your goodness from heaven. Amen. Today, my co-host with the spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is The Great Realignment. Hi, Christy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, I live where God is a local call. So, I mean, what could be better? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, it's only 25 cents per call. Yeah. Yeah. Things are cheaper in the South, actually. <laughs> yeah. God definitely likes to be in round town. Today, we're going to talk about the Great Realignment and. This is our 100th yes, podcast that we've done in all time. Episode 100. Can you believe it? Wow. Yeah. We remember when we were just thinking about doing this and doing even one podcast seemed like a monumental mm -hmm. task. Definitely. And here we are at the 100 mark and we praise God and give him yeah. all the glory for everything he's been doing right. in us and through us. And we really hope it's been touching people's lives and their hearts and connecting people to God. That's our desire is that these podcasts would help people connect to God. Yeah, every once in a while we get a person from around the globe emailing us and telling mm -hmm. us that it's doing that, and we're very, very thankful. Yeah, we are grateful. We are trying to let God speak without a filter. Right. And without the filter of doctrine. Yeah. And just let him, you know, share what's on his heart. And it's been a really good journey, and we've learned a lot during this time, too. Mm-hmm. It seems like when we are speaking revelation, we are actually partaking of the same revelation. It's a very humbling experience to know that God is talking and to be able to sit there at his feet and hear his word. Yeah, sometimes the things that we say as we're recording these podcasts, it's the first time we've said them. It's the first time we've thought them because God just moves through us and speaks through us as we try to yield to him. And it's it, like you said, it's humbling that God would speak through us like that. We're really grateful. But today we're going to talk about the great realignment and the great realignment is basically people who really desire to know God and to serve him coming back into alignment of his perfect will. And we've experienced this in our own lives where we've been going, say, one direction. 
in our younger years, and God suddenly decided that he wanted us to come back into his perfect will. And we found that making that choice is sometimes very difficult because if you've not been following where God wants you to be, sometimes the change of position can be quite drastic. Mm -hmm. And you have to give up a lot that you were working toward in order to go back to the path that God foreordained. That's right. And we hear a lot these days about awakening, especially in the spiritual world, that you need to be awakened. And in a sense, in the Christianity, that's very true, too, because you need to have your eyes open to the truth of God, or the truth of salvation, so you can come to God through Jesus. But the idea of awakening implies that you've been asleep, which is very true. We all start out when we're under the fog of the world and natural-minded thinking, we need to be woken up from that and get through that fog so we can come to God, be awake, and recognize what we need to do. But coming deeper into God, especially in the tabernacle blessing, is more than just being awake and recognizing God and what He's done. It's realigning our lives because we are in a fallen world. And when we are born into this world, we have sin in our DNA. We will sin. We have a propensity to sin. And we are taught to live by our natural-minded thinking. The world imposes on us ideas and suggestions that a lot of times are very against God, and we move toward those things thinking we're doing the right thing. But when we really, really connect to God and become one with Him, one of the things that we will notice is that God will probably realign what we're doing. We're going down one path, and when we really connect and become one with God, we want to go where He's going, and then our path changes. Our path does change. And it often changed pretty radically. For our 100th podcast, I decided to open up and to share with you what God is really doing. I do this in an effort to be transparent and to actually just show currently what God is doing. So in that vein, Christy Smith and I are divine mates. God took us from where we were and he put us together supernaturally by divine connection by his spirit and made us divine mates and this is part of the great realignment in the church as well as the world the fundamental difficulty that god is encountering within his people and even with people that he wants to bring into his kingdom is that they are married to people that he never meant for them to be married to and so in a lot of these situations there's disunity at the very least and even more there's fighting there's behaviors that are very unbecoming a christian marriage and because of the false doctrine that once married you're always married save for adultery the devil has captured and incarcerated many people in false marriages in the beginning god never ordained marriage God simply brought Eve to Adam, and Adam knew by his spirit that that was bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. They were a couple. This is how God originally intended. He was going to put divine mates together, and they were going to become one by his spirit, then by their souls, and then by their flesh. However, in the world and in the church, institutions have co-opted that divine right and made it their business to license and to sanction unions between people. And a lot of people marry for a lot of different reasons. Some marry because they've had sex and they think they should get together because they've known each other. Some it's economic reasons. Some it's just because they're running away from their family. I mean, there's an old gamut of reasons why people get together. But most of the time, it's not because they were led of the Spirit to do so. And so, what you see in the church and out of the church is about a 50% divorce rate. Because it's a coin toss. 50% will get it good enough, and 50% won't. And so, eventually, people come to the point where they realize, well, I made a mistake. And whether or not the church sanctions it, they get divorced anyway. They just go down the street to another church. And this fundamental flaw in the church is hindering God from accomplishing his will. Because when there's strife in a family, how can that house stand? And if you have a church full of marriages 
that are struggling, how can that church be effective for God? So in the great realignment, God's going to do exactly what he did with Christy and I. He took us out of relationships. I remember my first marriage, I mean, I was bullheaded and I was going to marry because that's what I decided to do. Even though in retrospect, you know, the signs were there that I shouldn't have done it. God took Christy out of her marriage and made a show of it publicly. God probably did want to do it in a quieter and nicer way, but the other parties wouldn't agree. And so we became divine mates. And that is why God was able to do this podcast. After a hundred of these, the basic reason why you hear the voice of God through us is that we are in alignment with his will. And we had to sacrifice our own reputations, our own view on doctrine, other people approving of us. We had to sacrifice a lot to come into alignment to where God wants us to be. And that is the reason that we can speak as the Spirit leads us now. And I think that the choices of marriage are one of the main things that God needs to realign. Not the only thing. Some people are in wrong careers. Some people are in wrong schools. Some people live in places in the world that God doesn't want them to live. But for us, God did a very powerful thing because when I was around 12, 14 years old, I kept having what I thought were dreams, or sometimes I thought it was my imagination. Turns out I really believe they were visions of me with this other person. And this other person would come to me, and we would just be together in the same room. We would always be within an arm's reach of each other. And it was just a purely honest, loving relationship where we just felt very, very good being close to each other. And I remember in my visions that this man's name was Michael, and I had a picture of what he looked like. But I had never met him, and I thought it was just something I created in my mind. And over and over, I would have these pictures or visions or, or dreams. I didn't know, really know what they were, because at the time, I didn't really understand the things of God. But I kept seeing this man, and when he would come to me, it felt wonderful. We just always wanted to be able to, to reach out and touch each other. We always wanted to be near each other. And then a couple years after that, something happened where something, a force pulled him away from me and a force held me back, and then I stopped having the visions. But the feeling that that created in me was a longing for who I knew that I needed to be with to be the person that God wanted me to be. And so I just went on my life for many years, forgot about that. God really took me through a period of time where he wanted me to sacrifice my own desires, especially about marriage and who to marry. There was a period of time in my life where I felt that God wanted me to remain single. I agreed to do that, but then really had the longing to have children and get married. And finally, something sort of shifted and lifted in my life. And I felt God gave me permission to marry a particular man. And I believe that God did that because he wanted me to have children and because it wasn't time for Michael and my past to align. Or one of the others wasn't hearing God clearly. But the point is, all through my life, I was feeling that draw. I knew that feeling of being with that person that I just wanted to be with that made me feel like I was whole, that made me feel like I was who I was supposed to be. And everything in my life was dissatisfying. My marriage was bumpy from the beginning. Everything that I tried to make myself happy, it just didn't work. There was just a part of me that was missing, that was longing. And I just poured myself into God. And about six years ago, I finally just gave myself completely to God, just asked him to take me where he wanted to take me. And he started drawing me into what I now recognize as the tabernacle blessing, but I didn't know at the time what it was. He taught me about his incredible love, took me through the Song of Solomon so I could understand his incredible love for me. He taught me about being led by the Spirit. He taught me about hearing his voice. And he taught me about spiritual connections. He let me have a very loving, platonic connection with another person that taught me what he wanted for me, that showed me what spiritual connections were all about. And I kept searching and kept pressing into him, and he gave me amazing insight and understanding and experiences with him until one day I was searching on the internet about spiritual connections because I was experiencing these things that I had never heard of. And I came across Michael's website, The Final Feast, and the very first article that I read, I felt like he was speaking directly to me. And it was talking about spirits connecting to spirits. And he said, if you are recognizing my spirit talking to you, it's because we're of the same spirit. And I, I could not believe, I don't have any idea who this writer was, but my spirit connected to his spirit. 
we began to communicate and recognize that we had a very deep connection. We instantly had a very deep spiritual connection, even without meeting each other or seeing each other. We could feel the other person's feelings. We knew we were on the same path. I understood that this man had been given an incredible vision for the things that God was leading me into and the passions that I was developing about God's love and about spiritual connections and about being led by the Spirit. He had been practicing and learning and teaching for many, many years. And as we came together, it became very apparent that he was the one that I was supposed to be with. Now, my other marriage had ended a year and a half previously by God's design. We were still together, but God had ended it, and there were a lot of issues, and basically God had disconnected me from my former marriage long before I met Michael. But one day I was praying after I had met Michael, and God brought back to me the visions that I had had when I was 14 years old, and I realized that it was him. And then I was able to find a picture of him at that time, which was about 40 years prior, and recognize that this is exactly the man that I had seen. I had seen his face, I knew his eyes, I knew his hair, and I knew his name. And God was showing me, see, this is where you're supposed to be. He was realigning me back to where I was supposed to be. And so Michael and I obeyed God. I left my situation. I came down here to be with him. God had already paved the way before I even met Michael for me to be able to come here by ending my marriage, by giving me a job that I needed to be able to come down here. And it has been a beautiful experience. When you come together and realign with where God wants you to be, it's like everything in you becomes whole. I have healed physically, I have healed emotionally, I have healed spiritually, I have grown, I have become the full Christy that I'm supposed to be. I've become the honest Christy that I can be. And the unity that God brings between us and the ministry that flows out of us has been absolutely amazing. It's very, very important that we are with the people that God wants us to be with because we cannot do everything for Him that He wants to do and we cannot be the people He wants us to be and we can't experience the love that He wants us to experience unless we're with the exact person that God wants us to be with. Exactly. Unless we come into divine realignment with God's will, we can't be effective or as effective in God's kingdom. And that's what it's really all about. It's not about us having our needs met or us being happy. It's Mm -hmm. where God has something that's really important to do, and he wants to do it through people that are connected and together by his spirit so that the unity is present because God works in unity. And where there's strife and there's disunity and anger and hurt and pain, God really has a hard time working through that because Mm -hmm. you're focused on everything else but him. And in church, a lot of times, even when the marriages are bad, the people come to church and they smile. Yep. You know, bless God. And it's a complete farce. And they know it, but they don't really feel comfortable sharing their pain and their distress with other people in the church because they know they'll be judged as unholy people, as people that really don't have a good relationship with God. Whereas they really do love God, they're just in the wrong situation. Yes, exactly. And part of the divine realignment that's coming is that God's going to reorganize his Christians into a church that he ordains, not a church of convenience, not a fellowship of doctrine, not a gathering of people under one banner of one man. It's going to be under a banner of love under a banner and a covering of his Holy Spirit that is directly connected to each and every individual. And we flow together not because we agree intellectually, but because we experience spiritually. Exactly. And we're telling you that we are divine mates because the Bride of Christ, who taken together is a divine mate of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. as the Bride of Christ, is composed to a great degree of divine mates. And it's very difficult to be part of the bride of Christ if you're fighting every other day Mm -hmm. that you're together. If you're not aligned to the Holy Spirit, if you're not aligned to the Holy Spirit within your marriage, it's really difficult to do the will of God seamlessly. Yeah, You try. You go to church. You know, you teach Sunday school. Perhaps you're a pastor. Perhaps you go on a mission Perhaps you go down and you volunteer at the food bank while the home front is really, really difficult. And the church doesn't give you any other option. You married, you stick with it, no matter how hard it is. We'll give you marriage counseling. 
You know, you can go buy books about how to have a good marriage. But the trouble is they never fix the fundamental problem Mm -hmm. that you weren't supposed to be together in the first place. And this is not for everybody. No, it's not. There's a lot of people that have married just fine in God and for what he wants to do with you, he's okay. I'm talking about the ones where you know, man, I made a mistake. What's the way out? Well, the way out, and listen to me about this, is that you signed an earthly contract. It's no more a godly contract than your house mortgage. There are penalties for you getting out, for sure, but that's how it is with every earthly contract. It was not a divine covenant, because God was not there, because he did not author it. The scripture says what God puts together, let no man put asunder. And if God did not ordain your marriage, your marriage is nothing more than an agreement done on earth. That's why when you die, it's void. Exactly. It's an earthly agreement. It's not a heavenly contract. But when God ordains a marriage, when God brings you to a divine mate, and God puts you together supernaturally, that's what he's talking about. That's what you don't put asunder. Now, whether or not you have a legal marriage or what form of legal marriage you've got really is beside the point. The point that God cares about is that you mated with somebody that he chose so that you can be unified in him and so that together as a complete man you can go forth and do his will on the earth that's right you know grace is abundant in christianity and in the christian church even when you make a mistake and you repent most people will just allow you to receive forgiveness and move forward right but for some reason divorce is considered the unforgivable sin When Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he was talking about their rules of marriage. And he said, according to your rules of marriage, if a woman divorces a man and marries somebody else, she's committed adultery. What he is saying is, because you have these laws of marriage, you're creating a constriction to people that God never intended. What God intended was for you to be with the one he wants you to be with. In the beginning, it was not so. You didn't have to have marriage. In the beginning, it was God brought the man and the woman together. We know that adultery cannot be the only reason that God would sanction a divorce, as many people point to what Jesus said to say that, because Paul says in 1 Corinthians that if an unbeliever leaves, that you are no longer bound. So there are provisions for divorce outside of adultery. So Jesus can't be talking about the only means. And I've known so many churches that will ordain people for positions of leadership, even if they've been drug addicts and they've repented, or alcoholics and they've repented, and criminals and they've repented. But if they have been divorced, they can't step into leadership. And I just believe that that is a bondage, because I think we need to be realigned. We need to be realigned with what God wants us to be in every area of our life. It may not be our marriage. It may be something else. But God does this, and throughout Scripture, you see God doing this. God stays the same in his nature, but the things that he does, his seasons and his movements change. Look at Saul compared to Paul. Saul felt like he was doing absolutely everything that God wanted him to do. He had his life poured out to God to be the best Pharisee he could possibly be, to the point that he was persecuting Christians and allowing people to kill Christians while he watched. When God got a hold of him and Jesus proved to him who he was, he became such a radically different person, he changed his name. When Saul underwent that change to Paul, it cost him a lot. It cost him his reputation. It cost him his career as a Pharisee. It cost him his life being threatened many times. His life was very, very difficult after he became Paul. But would he have ever gone back? No, because he was aligned to the person that he was supposed to be. Exactly. God's spirit was in the tabernacle until he decided to leave. Then when you went to the tabernacle, he wasn't there anymore. God was in the temple powerfully during the time of Solomon. But there came a time when God left the temple because he came in the form of Jesus. Then he's gone on to come in the form of his spirit in his people. God actually destroyed the very temple that was his home because he had moved from there to the next step. We can't just stay where we think we're supposed to be because we've always been there because this is the way that things seem like they should be according to my natural thinking. If God moves, if God is over on the right, we need to go over on the right if we want to be with God. If we stay where we're at when God is over there, we're going to miss everything that he has for us. Exactly. Like you said, you can repent of everything in the Christian church except your marriage. And this for some people is basically where they're living and dying. You know, they go home, their home is hell, and they're still trying to serve God when they're out and about. 
And you can't do that. You know, you think you're doing it for the kids. You think you're doing it for your parents. You think you're doing it for your testimony. You think you're going to do something by letting the devil just have at you daily. And you got to understand that that is not God's will. Marriage is to be a blessing. And when it ceases to become a blessing, it has become a cursing. And that's not God's intent. God told them to build the temple of Solomon. Yet when their heart was far from him, he asked him, who has asked you to come and do all this stuff? You come and do all these rituals, but your heart is far from me. I mean, I don't want anything to do with it. When it became opposite of what he intended, he had no more interest in it. If your marriage has to become opposite of what God intended, yes. God has no interest in it. And you shouldn't either. Because you have a limited amount of time here on earth and you need to be available to do God's will. And if you're so discouraged, if you're so beat down, if you're so oppressed by the enemy coming from your spouse or coming from you, mm -hmm. you're not doing anything remotely like God wants. You're just surviving. And people get beat down. I understand. I have been there. Believe me. And... It is important to me that you understand that God didn't give you some commandment to stay in a bad marriage so that you can just look good. He has no interest in that. If you read the scriptures, every time that people just do the form of godliness but deny him in their hearts, he has no interest in it. And so your marriage is a sham. Your marriage is nothing that God wants you to do. He probably didn't want you to do it from the beginning. And even if he did want you to do it from the beginning, one or both of you decided not to yield to his Holy Spirit. Exactly. Now that is a harsh truth. Yes, it is. I get it. That hits you right where you live. And you sit back and you say, all these 7, 10, 15, 20 years I've been doing wrong, thinking I've been doing right, See, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about divine realignment. Yeah. It's coming face to face with where you really are in relationship to where God is. And taking your house and your life from that sinking sand and putting it back on the rock sometimes is really quite a move. And you lose a lot in the process. I remember when I first got divorced from my wife, it's like I cut three years of my life out of my memory. I just wondered, man, what have I been doing all this time? And so we live in a fallen world. We do the best we can with what we've got. But when we grow up and when we understand God's true will for our lives, you are going to have divine realignments. Like Christy said, it can be your job. It can be where you live. It can be your friends. It can be how you relate to your parents. Maybe you don't like your parents and God's saying, go back and apologize to them. These all are hard things, but they are prerequisite for you actually following God and coming into alignment with his will for your life. That's right. You know, Israel was the chosen nation, still is the chosen people of God. But there came a time when God moved from the nation of Israel exactly. and engrafted in all the Gentiles that would receive him. And although the Jews now are still God's chosen people, they can't inherit salvation unless they accept Jesus, the same way the Gentiles can inherit salvation by accepting Jesus. So just because God may have led you to a particular job 20 years ago, and he worked miracles to bring you there, and then 20 years later, the company is not doing what it was supposed to do, or you're feeling misaligned, you're feeling like this is not right, this isn't working out right anymore. It doesn't mean that just because God told you to do it 20 years ago that he's going to tell you to stay there forever. If you're in a place where the situation that God called you into is no longer serving his purposes, one person or another person or a company or a situation is no longer fulfilling the purposes of God, your obligation is to stay with God. Exactly. When God left the nation of Israel to manifest in Jesus, it was the responsibility of the Jews to recognize God in Jesus and follow him and become Christians like the 12 apostles did. They were Jews. They became Christians because they stepped into the next step of what God was doing. Tabernacles is the next step of what God is doing. And God wants to give us a foretaste of the new heavens and the new earth. It's not that God wants to make our lives miserable, to ruin our reputations and take us away from all the people that we love and make us do a completely new life. What God is wanting is to reset us back to the way we should have been. And as he's coming on the earth right now, 
He is giving us a foretaste of what the new heavens and the new earth life is going to be. And he wants us to be ready to just seamlessly step from this world to the next and walk into it with the callings, the healings, the the relationships that he wants us to have that will continue. Don't think that your relationships on earth are not going to continue in the new heavens. If you're with the people in any way that God wants you to be with, whether it's a divine mate or just a connection or a friend, if you're with the people God wants you to be and you go to the new heavens and the new earth together, those relationships will continue. And what God is doing right now is wanting to get us ready and to set up a picture of that. If we can start living the blessings of the new earth right now, why wouldn't we? But a lot of that has to do with when you are with a divine mate, you will find that you have lacked so much by not being with them before. Because the relationship is peaceful, there's unity, there's almost mind reading sometimes, there is just this sense of oneness, there is just this peace when you're with that person and in their presence, there's just this knowing of them, them knowing you, knowing the will of God, and no fighting, no strife, just being cared for, being understood, being seen. That's the relationship that God has for us. And I'm just encouraging you, you want to be realigned. You want to be in the job God wants you to have. You want to live in the town God wants you to live in. You want to be with the person God wants you to be with. The realignment that God has for you is intended to make your life better and bring you blessing. Yeah, the great realignment is a total makeover in God. Everything that you have right now that's out of alignment must be done away with. When God comes to his house, which we are the living house of God, God cleans it. Everything that is not proper is either cleaned up or made to go away. And as servants of the Most High, we have to recognize that this is our service to him. Our lives are not our own. We are bought with a price. The price is Jesus died for us on the cross. And from then on, we are the bondservants of the Most High. Thankfully, he's a nice master. He cares for us. He loves us. He wants the best for us. He wants us to prosper. And he wants to do good in our lives, but he still wants to get his will done. And this is really important, not only for us, but for other people with us. Right now, the devil is busy procreating like crazy through people that shouldn't be together. Consequently, because of their indiscretions, they're killing their children, which also is what Satan does. He's done that with Pharaoh. He did that with Herod and He's doing it right now as I speak. There are women that are having abortions because they slept with people. Maybe they shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have. And a whole generation is being killed by Satan again. We have to understand that without coming into alignment with God's will, we naturally file into alignment with Satan's will. Right. There's not a no man's land anymore where we can be some of bun and a little bit of the other. Right now, there is a division coming on the earth. People that want to go to the highway to hell go to ACDC. People that want to dance before the Lord go to Christian bands. They're both dancing, but they're both dancing to complete different pipers, both dancing to complete different gods. The reason that we're telling you that we're divine mates is because that is the power that drives this podcast. That is the reason that we can talk to you like we do and share the marvelous things that God brings to us and through us. Marriage is an idol and is firmly at the head of the church at the altar. It's interesting they call it an altar, but it's not an altar to God. It's an altar to a modern day Baal called marriage. And you pledge yourself, not to God, but to marriage. And if you don't do what marriage wants you to do, there are some severe consequences. And so people feel trapped in a draconian, till death do they part contract, witnessed before God and man, and they can't do anything about it, even though they're miserable. Sometimes I wonder, should I tell people that this is a false God, that this is something that is not really what God wants? It's like giving a loaded gun to a kid, you know, is that responsible? But the truth is, God is fully able to lead his people individually if they will listen. And if you will listen to God for yourself, hear his voice for yourself and do what he says, he will lead and guide you correctly. If he doesn't want you to get divorced, you won't get divorced. If he does want you to get divorced, you'll get divorced. But it will be between you and him. 
I'm not telling you what you must do. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you the lay of the land so you have the full information to make your decision. And I want you to prosper. I've been talking to people in India lately, and it's even worse there. The Hindu and the Muslim marriages and even the Christian marriages, I mean, they're horrible, horrible marriages. These people struggle every day of their lives in contractual marriages that they cannot break. And consequently, the will of God is stymied. And God can't move because people are too busy fighting to survive in a marriage that he never created. Yet the church, yet the Hindu, yet the Muslim say that you have to be there no matter what. And I think it's the greatest hindrance to God's people there is right now, is unsanctioned marriages that were never of God in the first place. Mm -hmm. And only you can answer that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it is or not in your particular situation. But what I do know is that God wants you to be with the person he chooses and not with somebody that you chose 50 years ago and you're just about dead and you can't stand each other. And see, the divine realignment for each person is personal, what God is leading you. You could be in a situation where you are in the process of leaving your spouse because you have fallen prey to what the devil's tempting you with, or you are, are just pursuing personal gain, and what God is realigning you to is realigning you back to your marriage partner. That may be what God is doing in your, exactly. your life. We can't determine that ways. for you, right? But there is one thing that you need to recognize. In my experience... In the church, for years and years, I was heavily involved in a church. <clears throat> Graduated from a Bible school. Every time I walk through a church door and they see that you have a degree from a Bible school, they just put you to work. And so I was constantly involved in church. And what I did in most recent years was a lot of ministry to women. And you know, the fundamental Christian belief is that you cannot get divorced unless there is adultery. And I ministered to so many women who were so miserable in their marriages. And so many women confessed to me, I pray that my husband dies. Or I used to pray that my husband would die. And you think about that. What did Jesus say about that? When you hate a man in your heart, you've committed murder. Yeah, exactly. If you're praying for someone to die, that's murder. <laughs> Why is that okay? But divorce is not. We have twisted so much what God intends. God will lead you in your situation. God will show you what you need to do. But being where God does not want you to be, the wrong job, the wrong church, the wrong town, the wrong relationship, not only affects God's will for what he wants to accomplish, but it also affects you. I was not the best person I could have been. I became a person I didn't like because of the situation I was in and trying to adapt and trying to present something to people that I thought they wanted to see. And it wasn't until I got out of that and aligned with what God wanted that I had healing and growth and I'm growing into the person that God's called me to be. So it affects you as a person too, to be misaligned with God. You can't be the full person that God wants you to be until you're aligned with where he wants you to be. Alignment is really, really personal. You know, I can't tell you what alignment looks like in your life. Only you and God can get that right. We aren't into telling you what to do. We're just encouraging you who to talk to. And you need to develop this personal dialogue between you and God so that he can tell you what his will is for your life. That is the best counselor of all. He's the guy that really knows you and can really talk to you in a way that you can receive it. I know that for myself, my marriage didn't go good. She wasn't a bad person. I wasn't a bad person. We were just the wrong people for each other. We made a mistake. And when you make a mistake, and God tells you you've made a mistake, you just simply repent of it and you move on. You don't have to tear each other apart. You don't have to be mean to each other. You don't have to hire the biggest, baddest lawyer and go after the person you said I do to five years ago. <laughs> you just say, okay, we made a mistake. Let's get out of this equitably. Let's just go our separate ways and let God lead us to the people that he's foreordained. This is something that is anathema in the church. But it is the absolute truth. And we are going to form a fellowship that is aligned with not only God, but each other. Some people will say, well, I'm waiting for a miracle. Well, how long? And how many people aren't you going to talk to while you're waiting for your miracle? You're not available for God when you're fighting for your life at home. Yeah. And it's just... The truth of the matter, it's not a judgment upon who you are or upon who the other person is. It's just that 
you're ineffective right now because you're so overburdened with a marriage that God never ordained. That's what's going on. That's the fundamental flaw in the whole equation. And because of that fundamental flaw, it propagates through everything else in your life and you're not being able to be used and you cannot see what God is doing because you're so focused on your pain. This is what God is trying to take from you. He's trying to lift this burden off your shoulders. I talked to a pastor one time who God specifically said not to marry the people in front of him as they were about to say, I do. And he didn't obey. And they had the marriage annulled a few months later because the person that was marrying the guy got pregnant with some other guy and was trying to marry him to hide it. We serve a living God who has compassion and understanding and is not fooled by our pretense. And if we are not doing what he wants us to do, we need to repent of that and come back into divine realignment with him so that he can do what he needs to do on this earth. The time is short. We're having all kinds of world governance. We have a world bank. We have a world health organization. It's here, guys. And God, of course, is going to be with us through it all. But these are heady days. And the choices that we make and the people that we are with affect the outcome of everything. I want you to be in the best possible place with God when the Antichrist comes. And that's not believing in some set doctrine. That's not going to some particular church. It's not even having a Bible in your possession. The best possible place you can have when the Antichrist finally reveals himself is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. To where when you don't know what to do, you simply ask the guy who does. And he talks to you immediately and tells you, go here, go here, or don't go anywhere. That is your safety. Nothing I say really makes that much difference. But what he says in your life, because he knows what you need to do, that is golden. That is what you need to know. That is why you need to come into divine realignment with the will of the Father in these latter days. That's right. And the joy of this realignment is this. When you go from, say, a job that is out of God's will to a job that is God's will, there becomes an effortlessness to what you do. Walking in the alignment of God as one with God in His purpose for you brings such an ease of life. When you step into the job that you're supposed to have, there is a provision, there is joy, there is satisfaction in life. When you step into a relationship with a person that God wants you to be with, everything that you've tried to learn through books on marriage is effortless to you. I remember struggling through my marriage and reading some really good books about what God intends for marriage, particularly ones that talk about women respecting their husbands and men loving their wives. I mean, I had to try and work and work, and in that marriage, that was such an effort, and we had to really, really work at it. When I became connected to Michael and stepped into that relationship, I don't even think about that, because it automatically flows. I naturally want to respect him. I naturally do respect him. I naturally listen to him. I naturally lean to him to guide me and listen to what he says, because he is loving me the way that Jesus loves me. It's effortless. We don't have to read marriage books anymore because we have the Spirit of God flowing from me to him and him to me, and the Spirit of God automatically produces something that's beautiful, and it's effortless. That's what's so beautiful about being in alignment with God. All the struggle and strife of life is so much less because when you're in the flow of God, it's like floating down a lazy river and you're comfortable and you know where to go and it's natural. I don't ever think about having to respect Michael because it's a very natural thing. I don't have to practice it. Not to say that everybody's perfect. We all have days when we're messed up or emotional or we have a struggle, but I mean, as far as the truth of the relationship and the overall flow and the majority of the time, everything is just very, very natural and easy. That's the joy of being in alignment with God's will. When I'm talking about divine realignment, I'm talking about a snapping to where God is. We are drawn by His Holy Spirit to be in the correct path that He has for each one of us. And it's happening already. The exodus from the Norwegian church is massive. People just aren't going to church anymore. And 
God is in a personal relationship that you need to develop with him right now. And he wants you now to coalesce with other members of the body of Christ that you are drawn to by his spirit. The church that will form out of the people that left the normative church is a spirit-led church. They're put together by a spirit. They're fitly joined together as God wills. And this is a church that actually functions. A church of 10 people that are actually meant to be together by the Holy Spirit is more effective mm -hmm. than a church of a 1,000 mm -hmm. that aren't. And this is a realignment so that God can speak to the earth. Right now, we're so busy fighting among denominations. We're so busy straining at a gnat with our definition of what the rapture is mm -hmm. that we can't focus on what God really wants to do and how he really wants to accomplish his will. And we're not being as effective as we can. So everything in our life needs to come back into alignment with God's will. And if your marriage is out of alignment, that needs to snap back too. And it's not a mean thing. It's just a necessary thing. God isn't mad at your spouse. God isn't mad at you. But God does want you both to be effective in his kingdom because the days are short. The time is not a long time before the darkness will be such that we'll have trouble even witnessing. I prophesied many years ago that the persecution that people suffered in the Soviet Union under the communist government is going to come here. We're not too far from that. Maybe 10 years, maybe 20 if we're lucky. And we need to know God before that so that when we enter into that difficult time, we'll be able to be led by a spirit and we'll be connected with people that are really with us and really mm -hmm. meant to join with us and supply that which we need in that hour. You know, we could talk about a lot of different things. We could talk about end-time events. We could talk about Abraham's faith. We could talk about things that happened to Israel and things like that. You know, there's a lot of standard fare you can talk about. But is that where people are really living and dying right now? We're not persecuted in the United States yet, but a lot of people are miserable in their marriages and they don't know what to do. Now, if God does, by his spirit, lead you to divine divorce, he's going to pull you apart as gently as each one of you will allow. God doesn't want you to go rip up each other. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want you to go be mean and, and let your children see how much the devil hates you through each other. He wants you to pull it apart and just get on about his business. He's not into being mean. And really, a lot of divine divorces are very nice affairs. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an amazing thing to me. It's taking a bad situation and kind of making it as good as possibly can be. So this is what I felt to share with you. We have gone through literally everything that we talk about. Exactly. Nothing yep. that we say is theoretical. Yeah, we live it. Nothing that I've written on the final feast has not been experienced by me. I speak what I know. And I do it because I want to encourage you that God is a lot more expansive than you may have been led to believe. He's a lot bigger God than your doctrine has allowed you to understand. He does what he wants, when he wants, with whomever he mm -hmm. wants. And he wants to do his will through you, which in a really good way turns out to be very good for you. Yes, it does. It's not like I'm going to do my will and you're just going to suffer. No. The joy and blessing of being in alignment with what he wants, even though you may suffer persecution from the outside world, when you're in the situation with the person God wants you to be, there is just a peace and a joy and a satisfaction and a love that flows that is incomparable to anything else. So we're coming to a point of complete reorganization. It's a reorganization that the Holy Spirit leads. And the church, the true church, looks almost nothing like the church that you see now. And people that feel that they have no place in the current church will find an absolutely perfect place in this coming divine alignment. You, if you will allow yourself to be led with the Holy Spirit, will fit with the people that God puts you with. And you will prosper, and God's will and God's plan will prosper through you in that place of divine realignment. That's right. It's a place that you want to be. 
trust me, if you feel God leading you to snap into a certain place, go with what he's doing, trust him to take care of you, and trust that it will be a blessing for you. Amen. Well, thank you for coming to the end of another God's Love Club. And now, a word from our sponsor. And now, coming to you live from that cathedral built for Twins, the Righteous Reverend. Hi, how are you? Welcome to A Righteous Moment. We are going to talk about today a very near and dear subject to my heart, and that is fasting. Now, I have studied the Hebrew, the Chaldaic, the Aramaic, and a few other languages that have absolutely nothing to do with it. And I have come to the very important inclusion that the problem with fasting is that you can't eat. Now, never fear, because I am here. What I have come to understand by a bolt of revelation from the heavens is that you can fast and eat too. Now, wait, just go with me a moment. I call it the Righteous Reference Patented method of selective fasting. Now, say if you go into McDonald's and orders a supersized french fry, that golden goodness is just calling to your taste buds and you want to eat the whole thing, but you want to fast too. There you go. What you do is take one french fry, put it to the side, give it to God, and then you can have the rest. You have eaten, yet you have fasted. Now, it works with all the other food groups you can imagine. M&M's works great with donuts, especially those Baker Dozen donuts. You can select and fast a donut, and you still get 12. God provides. This has been a Righteous Moment with the Righteous Reverend. Be blessed. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of God's Love Club today. It's been a privilege to talk to you. Believe me, you know, we really love you and we really want you to prosper in God. Yes, we do. And just listen to God and let his revelation rest upon your heart so that you have this personal thing going on with it. It's it's a beautiful thing and you're going to have a great time. That's right. We'll see you next time on God's Love Club. You have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye.